Hey, everybody, welcome back to another version of Flock and Gather. It's Alan Sher, your host. I run the Spa Industry Association. We're headed to Florida today to talk to our friend Amy Carter. She owns and runs, or should I say she's the chief cook and bottle washer at Empowering You Consulting. I get to see Amy everywhere. Good morning, Amy. Because Hi. You, Amy travels, is the one person I know who travels as much as we are. So whenever we start our conversations, it's like, okay, where are you today? And even though you live in Indiana, you're down right. for premiere in Orlando, correct? And then I'm going to see right. you in Vegas. Yes. So, welcome. I hope you're going to enjoy Orlando. And I, Amy and I were just talking about how it's hard to believe we're talking about June. It's June. How did we get here? I have no idea. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm, uh, I'm about, for it. Good. I'm about 14 shows in this year. And one thing I'm absolutely positive about is people are back out again. Right. Tell me what you're seeing. Absolutely. No, they're, they're ready. Like I, we just had a live event in Chicago, three day owners workshop and the, the census, everybody was like, we're just so happy to be around our people again. Like other unicorns, you know, we get so lonely on our little islands in these businesses, and then we can all gather together and be with each other. It's nothing short of amazing. So people are hungry for it. They're ready. In fact, it's funny. You asked me where we got the name Flock and Gather from. So I'll tell our listeners, because I can't remember if in, in the 150, 60 podcasts I've done. I don't know if anybody's uh, asked me, but um, our team was sitting around yakking. And we, I, somehow we got on the conversation of talking about going to trade shows and and I said, well, we always flock and gather to the trade show. That's sort of the nature of our business. And my team looked at each other and went, yep, that's the name of the podcast we're going to do, Flock and Gather. Right. So that's I how love we, it. Uh, that's how we came up with it. Will you give us uh, a minute or a minute and a half on Amy Carter and Empowering You Consulting? How did this all come together? Yeah, so... Um... Actually, Alan, rewind it. When I was 22 years old, I graduated with a degree in accounting and I wanted to be a small business owner. So I was working the front desk of a salon and spa in college. And I thought I should own a salon and spa. So I moved over to Evansville, Indiana and bought a salon and spa 20 years ago, only to find out it was actually a bankrupt business. I thought buying a half million dollar business, I was going to be the richest person I knew to find out it was the brokest person I've ever met. <laughs> I was making more money as a cocktail waitress than I was being a half million dollar business owner. And so I learned early on that uh, my business degree had nothing to do with the beauty industry. And those two did not merge well together. So as a non-technician owner, I struggled. I struggled for a while to understand how to make the business make money, how do I get a paycheck and how do my employees actually have better paychecks. And so that's kind of how um, Empower You came about was from my worst nightmare <laughs> of really, you know, having a bot of failing business and figuring out kind of like the key ingredients to have success. Um, do you still own the salon and spa? I do. 20 years celebrated. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Um, and Thanks. to think you're only in your 20s still. So Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> um, tell us, give us a shorty then. then what, what has made your wellness facility successful? And give me a few of the missteps you grinded through along the way. Yeah. Well, I, Alan, the only reason why I'm sitting here today is because of all my failures. Honestly, I didn't get here because it was easy. I, I got here because it was a rough path, but I didn't give up. And there has to be a lot of resilience, I think, to these businesses and even to ourselves. I tell people, if you don't want to you know, sell your business, you're doing something wrong. And so for me, I think the keys to my spa success 
has really been the type of people that I hire for it. I have found for me and particularly the type of people that work well in my spa are not the wallflowers, but the ones that were once in sales or have a little more confidence to them. You know, those are the people that really do well in my spa. And so we really have like this list of our ideal spa candidates, what are the qualities that they exist for them? And boom, like we, one of that is like really that they're willing to, you know, specialize and have this conversation with their clients about a prescription. Like, this is what I really see for you. Um, you have a lot of people who've stuck with you. I take it over the years, right? We have, I've had a lot come and go and I've had some that stick around for, have been with me for 20 years. Um, do you know, um, Harvey McKay, he's written, he wrote the swim with the sharks book and a bunch of other stuff. He's, he's from Minneapolis originally, and he's renowned as the, I think they call him the envelope king. He has a massive paper printing envelope uh, business, but he's always talked about people in that regard and kind of what I call top grading, right? And sometimes yeah. you have to, it doesn't matter how painful it is. You got to let people go. Or as, as uh, Jim Collins said, you got to give them a transfer and get them off the bus. No, it's, it's beyond true. I mean, I think Alan, for me, you know, some of the toughest years of being a salon and spot owner was these last couple of years during this pandemic that we had just experienced. And I hired an esthetician that never touched a face. I mean, they did not even have practical hours. They all, they were learning on Zoom. And so for a good year to two years, the work coming out of the schools were it was terrible. We had a really bad experience of employees. And so a year ago, Alan, I said, either I'm going to burn this place down or I'm going to do something different. So I got rid of all the people that I hired out of total desperation and I recreated my company and my culture. And I was like, you got to be this tall to ride this ride. I cannot have people that are not living inside of our culture work for me anymore because it just was really exhausting. Douglas Preston always famously said his business finally got great when he stopped working in it and doing all the yeah. detail stuff and hired great people to run the business. Right. Then they started making a lot of money. Yeah. That's right. So I'm only in my salon and spa about 5% of the time. That is by design as a non-technician owner. I spend most of my time at empowering you and on the road with you. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, you, right. know, me, you know, my salon and spa, it is just, you know, it's a mature company. It's been around. So it's a 20 year old business. You obviously never can take your foot off the gas. The moment you do that is the moment it starts to, you know, go in its wrong, the wrong direction. But for me, I had to really make it a business. Like it had to be a business and it was never a job for me. So being a non-technician owner, I never looked at it as it being my job. All right. Let me bring our listeners up today. We're speaking with Amy Carter today as she's down in Orlando, but she's from Indiana. She owns, and this is the website as well, empowering, that's I-N-G, empoweringyouconsulting.com. Reach out to Amy. She has been there and done it successfully, and she's still here and sharing a lot of that knowledge with um, a lot of people. So people say this to me a lot, so I'm going to say it to you. Thank you for being on the road and supporting our industry because it's a world of difference. And I I don't know sometimes if people understand. They think like we're on the road and we get massages, we eat in great restaurants, or we relax at the pool, and it never seems to be that way, right? Mm -hmm. It okay. never does. It, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a challenging life to live, but totally worth it at the same time. Good. So I have three things I want to chat with you about a little bit here. I want to talk okay. about the gas pedal. I want to talk about time and I want to talk about return on investment, i.e. making money. So let's start with the gas pedal. 
Um, It's been an amazing year. I think people are pushing hard on the euphemistic golf uh, gas pedal. Business is happening. Trade shows are busy. Our IECSC um, shows have been seeing record audiences since before the pandemic. But people tell me they're pushing hard on the gas pedal, but they're hovering a foot on the brake just in case. What do you see going on this year? How people prepare for what they think is a recession, although honestly, I'm not so clear we're headed to one, uh, but you prepare for yeah. it anyways. Well, I think we got to prepare for it because, I mean, we've been around enough. We've seen this a couple of times over in 2008, 2009. Um, you know, for Alan, really what we're talking to all of our clients about is how can how can we create sustainability no matter what it is, no matter if it's a pandemic or an inflation, you know, going into recession or whatever, like you've got to look at sustainability and sometimes we have to make some of the tough decisions. We're not, you know, we don't want to do, but those are the things that really keep these companies viable. And so for me, like if we just talked about inflation for a hot second, I would have to say that most people have not put that into consideration when they're looking at their pricing. And so we all need to take a look at, take a pause, take your foot off the gas, put on the brake, pause and plan. I don't think people are planning like they really need to. Um, I like that you say that. I I think I've always been a good planner. Not always, sometimes you drop the ball, but damn, it's great when you have a plan and it comes to fruition. Then it's, yeah. tell me it doesn't stick in your head like every day, like I've got to be on the plan, right? There's no, what, what had happened to Dorothy? She couldn't find uh, the castle till she got on the yellow brick road, right? You got to be on the road. No, it's true. I am, I think that, but people don't even know what the castle is. I mean, I think we get so <laughs> in the grind of it. We get into the grind, right? We're just looking down at the yellow brick road and we're constantly just looking down and just in the grind of things. And sometimes even going in circles or backwards. And so for me, I'd have to say the, you know, do we put a on the gas, do we put on the pedal? I'd say just pull over. Go to the, you know, go to a beautiful spot somewhere on the road, take a pause and get a picnic out and then create a plan. Got it. And I bet they can call you and talk to you about how to do that correctly, right? Yeah, we have a program in January. It's a two day live event for this exact reason, because I want people to create the plan in January and pause, get away from their busy life and head to us in Florida. We're in Fort Lauderdale for that. But Alan, I created those two days because I feel like we just keep on, keep on keeping on and we don't even know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, even though you generally plan in January, there's no time like the present. June is as just a good a time we're as mid-year. any. We're mid-year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mid-year Especially- check-in point. We're here. Yeah. When I uh, listen to all the pun- pundits, I realize no one actually knows what's coming down the road. Another reason why pulling over and making a plan is so critical. Um, let's talk about time. Uh, I've been now to 11 shows, trade events this year, and I've talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business owners, spa directors, leads, estheticians, everybody along the way. And the one thing I hear from people is I do not have enough time. It's For everything, time for everything. They're just, what is it, Amy, that's going on that there seems to be a shortage of time? There's always two, there's two uh, excuses anybody will always make. It's either time or money that gets in their way. So it's either they either don't have enough time or they don't have enough money. So I was joking one day with one <laughs> of our groups. And I was like, did you hear 
they're going to have an eight day week now. Did you guys hear about it? And everybody was like, what? I was like, you guys are insane. Like, come on. I'm not going to give you, we have the same amount of time as Oprah and anybody else with those 24 hours, right? We're not going to get an eight day week. We're not going to a 27 hour day. Like, come on. But the, you know, we, we discuss a lot about time and every one of my programs that we offer, we actually talk about time and we talk about money because those are the two biggest problems people have. So when it does come to time, yeah, time is the commodity, but how we spend it is the biggest thing we have to take a look at. And so for me, like we're heading to Orlando and I have a whole, you know, a class around this because my owners are so busy being busy that they don't even know what they're busy doing and why they're doing what they're doing. And so if we go back to the plan, if you have a plan and strategy and you had an idea about why you're doing what you're doing, my hunch is that they're wasting a lot of their time. You took the words right out of my mouth because all that running around reminds me of a hamster on the on the wheel. Yeah. It's hard to get off the wheel sometimes and go, I'm not doing this correctly. Yeah. Alan, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm so busy. I don't have any time. <laughs> and then somehow my ass will just blow through the whole Netflix series. I don't know how it happens, but I'm just saying, like, we can sit down <laughs> and binge watch some good stuff. So, um, you know, we all have the same amount of time in our day. It's just how we choose it is what makes the biggest difference. Yeah. My uh, dad famously, I think you remember this, but I grew up in the clothing business, Minneapolis. My dad had eight stores up there. This is really before computers. So think about this. My wow. dad, when my brothers and I, we were all working in the business and my dad, we were, it was just the advent of the com computers. We said, dad, we got to get a computer. We got to computerize all this stuff. My dad used to point at his head and say, I know what's going on in the different stores. Yeah. Now he did because he was wired that way. But I right. would argue for most people, even if you only have yeah. one unit, let alone eight. Yeah. That the planning, the planning begets you more time. Do I have that right? Yes. Absolutely. You actually quit wasting your time and all the things that are not going to move you forward and you lessen the distractions. I mean, we can just be distracted constantly. The one of the worst things I think that can happen is that we actually work in our businesses in an office and you know, I had to look at the week and whenever I can really focus on my work, I can get double amount of work done. If I worked from home versus in the office in my spa, like, does it make sense? So then yeah. why am I trying to do work inside of a revolving door of an office door? And then I had to teach my team a 911 versus a 411. 911, if the door is closed and you're on fire, open it. If it is a 411 and my door is closed, don't touch it. I got some work to do. Same thing as them in a treatment. You don't walk in them on the treatment and ask them a question, right? Only if it's a 911. So it's the same theory. I think we really have to honor our time. Yeah, um, that seems to me to be uh, so critical today. And I think people would benefit from doing a little breathing exercises. It is always amazing to me how well it slows you down and it gives your brain a chance. Fresh oxygen allows you to kind of catch oh, yeah. back up and take a, take a new view of things. So I'm a, a big, and I work from home, right? When I'm not on the, on the road, as you can see all my junk on the couch back there. But my, uh, mine is to, when I'm feeling that moment of, I'm out of town, I have a huge list. I got too many files. There's, yeah. I just turn the phone off and I take the dog and we head out up the block right. and we walk, we walk the park inevitably. 
I'm gone yeah. five to 15 minutes. I come back. It's crazy how you go. I'm a new person. I can start at the top of the stack. It's just not a big deal. So everything you talk about, I mean, people, again, I'm talking with Amy Carter. She's at empoweringyouconsulting.com. You've got to reach out to her. She has a lot of the answers that you're you're searching for. So please uh, reach out and get a consultation with her. It will not be a waste of your time. No, <laughs> no, no, honey. I'm a money maker. I like it whenever. That's right. Okay. In the few minutes we have um, remaining, I want to talk about what you mentioned and has always been close to my heart and it's making money. It's ROI. It's not a dirty word in our business. In no. fact, you, will, you won't be in business if you do not have making money ROI figured out. So please address it. Yeah, well, actually, I like that you just said that because it's so true. And I do believe, Alan, the last couple of years, there's one thing we all learned that cash is actually king. So many times people were so like felt like they had to, you know, cash was, you know, profit was a dirty word. And if I had cash, I had to burn, through, you know, like all these things. But the viable companies that came through some of the worst years of our, you know, being a business owner um, thrived, the ones that were really sitting on some cash and had profits. And so, yeah, Alan, I think you're in that we're running their businesses correctly. So I do think that you are so right on that. Your return on investment, it's like putting how much energy you're going to put into something if it's a constantly just leaking out. And so we have to be mindful of the money and math is money and money is fun. And we can't forget that. So many times people feel like they're too dumb. Like math is scary. Numbers are scary. But if we only understood all the money in and all the money out, I think we're onto something if that's all you knew. Cause I think that so many times people make it really, really way too complicated and they don't want to do it. And it's scary to them, Alan, but that's why there's people like me and you and other people on the, you know, the one is show that we can actually make these companies super profitable by little baby steps. Do you know that um, there's a couple of things that I want to address about cash with you as we finish up as well. You just said something I think is critical. It doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to pretend you're a maven and that you know everything about how cash operates. That's why you get help, right? You hire people. Right who can help you with it. Secondly, I would argue sometimes going back to two plus two or basic mathematics is a great way to improve where you're going. And thirdly, and it it always drives me crazy, but over the years, many, many people, we we laugh about this, although it's not funny at, at all. We call ourselves this business like Monday morning checkbook. You know, a lot of people open the checkbook Monday morning and go, Hey, there's 2,482 bucks in my checkbook. We're in business. And right. that's not being in business, is it, Amy Carter? Yeah, absolutely not. Unfortunately, gosh, it'd be so much easier if it was. But unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> the pulse of our checking accounts has nothing to do with our viability of our businesses, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I get it. It could be scary. But if, if you understand how much money your break even is, as an example, like all your bills are paid plus you're paid, it's called like your break-even number. If you know that every single month, there's power to that. You're empowered to understand how many team members you need, what does your average ticket need to be, what does your retail sales need to be. Like you're empowered to really make decisions based off of facts and not off emotions. Because as an industry in general, we're usually making business decisions off of our emotions and not the numbers. Yeah, that's really well said. Friends, we've been with 
Amy Carter this morning. She runs Empowering You, Y-O-U, Consulting.com. Please reach out to her. She is a wealth of information. And if you want your business to be successful, you're going to have to have people like Amy around. Amy, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. It's such an honor. And friends, remember, please be kind to one another.